the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The glory of a father. That's next on today's edition of Times of Refreshing. greet you in Christ and welcome you to today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. If you're joining us today, we're in Proverbs chapter 17. Now, while today's broadcast might be geared towards men, women, we've got a special message in here for you as well, too. The Glory of a Father is the title of our broadcast. And again, If you'll find your place in Proverbs chapter 17, that is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor. Here now is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing and the Glory of a Father. There's nothing worse than a lazy man. And I'm going to get to you ladies too because some of you ladies, you you let these men do this stuff to you. Stop letting these men sit around all day and you you out struggling. And they at home eating bonbons. Can I have an amen, y'all? And we sit there and let them do it. But I prayed for a man. Well, you done got the wrong one if he going to sit here all day and don't want to work and do nothing. Can I have an amen? Do something. Let's get some air conditioning in here if we can. Do something. It's getting hot in here. You better turn on the air conditioning. Do something. Get up. Well, man, I can't. Come on, man. Let's go, man. We got to go. We got to take care of these kids. We got to take care of this family. We got to take care of my wife. I got to take care. And then when you start doing something, it does something for your self-esteem too as a man. When you say, man, I might be not be doing that. I might be bringing home some peanuts, but man, praise God. I'm doing something. I'm working. I'm grinding. I'm, I'm doing something to try to provide for my family. There's something in there. And then it spills down to your children. And you become a crown of glory. You become, a, you become glory for them. When they see, man, my dad, man, he's he just working hard. Do you have everything? No. But, man, I see him. He's putting it on the line for us. He's giving his best. And that's what we want. And God is looking for godly men to step up. And then the last thing I'm going to say about Father is that we have to be an example of what true biblical love looks like. We want to guard. We want to guide. We want to provide. But then the Father, the love of the Father, love of the Father should be flowing through the Father's. And then that love begins to permeate through the whole house. Our our children should sense that, man, we love them. That we, from an emotional standpoint, from a decision standpoint, 
that we are giving of ourselves to benefit them, that we're not just living for ourselves. Greater love have no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. When our, our kids should sense that my father, he will lay down his life. He will give of himself, naturally and spiritually, that he'll give of himself. He's not selfish and just thinking about himself. And what happens is when that love begins to flow, it's not, a, it's not always an ooey-gooey feeling thing. It's a man I know. I know this person just loves me, man. He just give himself for me. And that becomes, that becomes a beautiful thing. Now, this love doesn't mean that you're giving them everything they want. And that's the big problem that we have in, 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 even in Christian circles. You know, couples split up and then, then this, the, the mother and the father compete on how much stuff they can get the child so that the child feels like they love them. It's a trap. And for us as men and women of God, one of the, sometimes one of the best things that you can, on the greatest expressions of your love for your child is telling them no. And as a father, we have to be willing to give of ourselves in this way so that our kids and our families, they, they, they sense that, man, he loves us. He just really does. And that becomes a beautiful thing. And it begins to spill out in the community when we do this. And so fatherlessness is an epidemic. It's an epidemic. Having a bunch of babies doesn't make you cool. Are you a father? Having a, and, 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 and priding yourself and being tough and rough doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make us, at some point in time, we as men have to step up and we have to help other men to learn how to be fathers in your home. How to be fathers. And I tell you what, I've been on this really hard because I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm watching the countries fall apart, cities fall apart, churches fall apart. And I'm saying to myself, where are all the men of God? To stop the plague, amen? Now let's gain some wisdom out of the book of Proverbs. Let's gain some more wisdom here. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6. And let's look at verse 20. It says, My son, keep your father's command. And it says, And do not forsake the law of your mothers. Somebody say command. One of the things that we want to do as fathers, also as we're leading our children, is to make sure that we give them clear boundaries and distinctions on what is right in the sight of God and what is not. We want to give them commands, okay? Now, you're going to see this is different than instructions. There are certain things in your life as a father and as you're leading your, your family and you're raising kids or as people that are, are helping single parents to father their kids is that we have to make sure that we're clear when it comes to our commands, if we keep on moving the mark, it creates confusion for the child. 
And so for us, I want to make sure that I set out the boundaries biblically in the way that God has established them to relay those to my children so that it's very, very clear on where the mark is so, and there's no confusion. And I've learned that even in my personal life, raising four kids, when we're clear, when me and my wife are clear in setting the boundaries for our kids, then what it does is it, it brings peace. And then what it does is it also puts us in one accord so that when the kids come to try to divide us with forms of manipulation, that we're both on the same page. But the page isn't our page. It's the page that God has established here in his holy canon. And so there's, what we want to do is, is help our kids to understand that these are the commands. These are not the negotiables. They're not the negotiables. These are, these are the commands. This is what God is saying concerning this house and how God has laid things out. We have to be on one accord. If the devil can divide us, then he creates confusion. And now no longer are we leading the, the house. Now the children are leading the house. Stop letting your children lead your house. Can I have an amen? And as a father, my job is to make sure that I have specific commands. These are things that we were allowed here. We're not going to allow that. And so we're going to have to deal with this, but it has to be clear on what the commands are. And then I love what he says because he says not only the father, but I love this. He says, and do not forsake the law of your mother. I love this. So we're working together to establish the boundaries that God has set. But ultimately, the father, he's the one that has to set the tone for that. He has to set the tone. And so this is a wonderful bit of wisdom that we can implement in our homes as fathers so that it's clear. Can I have an amen? Go to Proverbs chapter 13 and look in verse 1. Commands are just a little bit different than instructions. Okay, I want to instruct, I want to lead and guide in the way. And for me as a father, these are moments also where um, there, there's, there's wiggle room in the sense that, and I want to say this right, um, to, to instruct or construct what I, I'm, I'm, I'm building something that is going to help to create a pathway for them. But I don't need to be as rigid as I'm bringing forth the instruction into a person's life, into the young person's life. And what I say there, there's sometimes going to be gray areas when you're instructing your child. Okay? There's going to be some gray areas that are not what I would call salvation killers. And so in those areas, I'm willing to dialogue a little bit. Now, ultimately, I'm going to have the, the last say. But I want to instruct my child in the way. And it says here in verse 1, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Okay? And so there's times when there's going to be some negotiating room, but if a child is wise, they'll listen to the instruction. They'll listen to the, to the rebuke, and it'll help them go down the right path in life. And so, for me, it's important that, that I'm not just so into the commands that I don't give some practical instructions to my child, too. 
No, you're just going to do this. When there's this not a command issue. Sometimes it's an instruction issue. It's just, let me instruct you in a way. Now, if you're wise, you'll, you'll heed this as I'm giving it to you. And this is something that we have to also deal with as our children are getting older. And you are no longer, you know, they're, they're, they're at that age now where they're getting ready to make some, some decisions on their own. And they got one foot in the door and one foot out of the door. Our job is to give them instruction. If they're wise, they'll heed he the, the instruction. Can I have an amen? And this is the wisdom that we not have, and we have to understand the difference. Go to uh, Proverbs chapter 19 and look at verse 14. <laughs> now look at this. This is good. And we talked about this a little earlier. It says... Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers. But a prudent wife, it says, is from the Lord. But a prudent wife is from the Lord. Houses and riches are an inheritance for the father. What God is placing in your life as a father, he wants it to be passed down as an inheritance to the next generation. And that's just not and although it t- says houses and riches, I also want to just, and, and you guys understand where I'm coming from, from a spiritual standpoint, this is also passed down as an inheritance. And we have to see this, that my father is in my life and God has placed him there as a blessing and there's an inheritance to be received. Oh, I don't have my natural father. He, he went off. I don't know him. Okay, well, God has placed other spiritual fathers and people in your life that God wants to share what they have so that they can pour it down to you and be a blessing in your life. But we have to see ourselves as fathers and people who are aspiring to be fathers that what you're living for is, is succession and blessing from a long-term standpoint, not just now. And so our job is to bless them. So that they continue to be a blessing. I want my children to be passed down something that keeps the blessing flowing in their life. Well, you didn't earn anything. You just inherited that. Well, duh. That's what you're supposed to do. I wish I had a father that was a billionaire. And he wanted to pass down some inheritance to me. Can I have an amen? That's what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to look like, man, you just got something passed down. You just got blessed with something. And this is the part of what God has designed. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so I want my, what, what, what we have stored up, we store it up so that it can be passed down to the next generation. And the blessing continues to go. And they build on that. I don't know about you. But I don't want my children to suffer the things that I suffered growing up. I don't want it. I don't want that for them. Being on welfare my whole life. Coming home and we we didn't have nothing. I'm using socks for washcloths. Sometimes sleeping outside. On my porch because I couldn't get in the house because mess was going on. So I'm sleeping outside on my porch. Sometimes going to my grandma's house and my grandma and them ha- I'm having to stay over there because we don't have nothing. We don't have any food. Invite my friends to come over to stay the night at my house. 
My friend says that they're coming over. They come over and they look at my, fri- my refrigerator. We didn't have any food, didn't have any milk. He looks at me and says, man, y'all don't even have any milk. I'm out of here. Then you go into school and you got the same pair of pants on all week. And then people look at you and say, well, man, you, man, you stupid. Look at you. You got the same pants on. They don't know. This is all I got. Then you look up and you say, well, where's my dad? I don't even have. How come dad's not sending any money? He's just not sending any money, but we're going to make it. And then when, when God comes in and turns around and blesses your life, changes your life, and gets you out of the, the muck and the miry clay, then instead of us turning around and saying, who can I bless to help get out of their situation like God helped me get out of situation? As fathers, we just hoard everything and we don't want oh. When there's, there's hundreds of little Napoleons out there that didn't have it, but we, instead of us going out of our way saying, man, I want to help. So how can I help some kids, man? How can I help some kids? How can I help some kids? How can I be a father to somebody that needed a father like I needed a father? How can I be a blessing to them? Instead of us doing that, we become selfish. And then we sit around and say, well, you know, how come God's not blessing me in my mind and in my spirit? Because you're not willing to give of yourself, so now you're stuck. And so what happens is, as fathers, we have to understand that that blessing, that inheritance is to be passed down. And we pass down the blessing to the next generation. And don't apologize for that. Now, we're going to make our kids, my, my wife and I, we make our kids work. They, my son's got a job. We, we make them work. But I don't want them to ever feel like daddy wouldn't be there for me if I really needed them. Even financially. That we got something for them. That you're going to be all right. And that's how it should look. And then we turn around. Sometimes we turn around. Hear my heart, y'all. We turn around and then we criticize parents that have done that for their kids. And then tell them, well, you didn't have to work for nothing. You don't know how this man done set up and set up an inheritance and grinded away to help to put their child in a position so they wouldn't have to go through what they cannot have an amen. You don't know what they've been through to position their kids. You know what that is? That's just jealousy. Go to Proverbs chapter 22. We're going to dig into this just a little bit more. Proverbs chapter 22. Let's look at verse 28. Because this also has to do with guiding as a father. It says here in verse 28. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. I love this. Because as a father, as we're journeying down the road, our job is to remember the ancient landmark and then also establish landmarks so that our children have a pathway to go that leads to safety. Okay? Good fathers are able to recount the path that has been taken and to remember the, the, the landmark, but then also to establish landmarks so that our kids have a place to go. Now, I love this because when you look at Moses, you look at Abraham, you look at Isaac, you look at the patriarchs. They would stop and they would make a, a memorial there and a landmark for the journey that the children of Israel took. 
to get to the place that they're at now. It was a place of remembrance. And sometimes for us as saints, and especially as men, we have to stop and sit down and help our kids to understand the, the ancient landmarks from a spiritual standpoint, but then also from a natural standpoint. Let me sit here and tell you this. I didn't just get here. Let me tell you the path that our forefathers took or the path that it took to get to this place. But some parents are so ashamed of their past that they won't sit down and talk to their kids about it. It's good for you as a father to sit back and tell your children not only about the good things, but also some of the bad things so that they can see the ancient landmarks that helped to get us to this point right here. And then establish new New landmarks so the kids know where to go. I want my kids to know about my past. I want them to know what I've been through. I want them to know from a natural standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint so they know what path to take in their life and to keep on going down the right kind of path. And then always remember that. This is the ancient landmark. And bring it up. Celebrate over stuff that God has done. I think this is another thing. As men, we need to celebrate more. As a father, celebrate your victories before your children. Ah, I just got a new job. Yeah, I've been searching for three years, but finally got one. And Yeah, let's go to lunch. Brother, you better shout. Can I have an amen, y'all? Man, I just got a new job. Woo! Praise God. Come on, we going to lunch and we're going to eat better today. I just got a new job. All right, now, son, look at this. This is what happened. And we get excited about it. Turn the cell phone off. Turn off Twitter. Turn off Facebook. Turn off the video game. And listen to what God just did for our family. Can I have an amen, y'all? Don't remove the ancient landmarks. What happens is sometimes in our lives, even in the pain of it, we want to just remove it. We don't want to talk about it and glorify what God has done. But I love when I read my Bible and I see how God, through his word, he would tell the life of David, the life of Samuel, the life of Moses, and all the ancient landmarks and how God took the people of God on a journey. He tells us the life of Jesus, the life of the apostle Paul, the life of Peter, and he helps us to see the landmarks and there's some good in there and there's some bad in there. There's some victories in there. There's some defeats in here. But the ancient landmarks are necessary to help the next generation to prosper and to be blessed. But the devil wants our, he wants our past to go silent. He wants to shut it all out so that we don't have a, a point of reference for God's goodness and what he did to get us through and to make it this far in our personal lives. It's always good to look back as a father and say, man, look how far God it really has brought me. And I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to glorify God in it. Can I have an amen? Now, as a woman of God, we as men, we also need your help. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 31. We need your help. And the community needs your help. The world needs your help. Look at the wisdom here. Proverbs 31, verse 10. 
Let's just read two verses here. It says in verse 10, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Now look at this. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She does him good and not evil. Now, I think this is also part of it. And I hate to say this, but one of the things that happens is as a, as a, as a woman, we, we want to make sure that we're doing good and not evil. And part of the thing that we have to see is built into the fall of man is the fact that God said this, a woman's desire will be towards or for her husband. Now, when we look at that in in the Hebrew, it really means to usurp the position and place of her husband. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.